Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the O-D-P-H podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us on this holiday week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Let me talk to you. Yeah, and we have a lot to talk to you about in the land of sports. And we definitely want to keep that conversation going up to the holiday. Everybody take a little break on Thursday and come right back. But, Pat, how do they do that? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. You swing on over to the website. Make sure you're checking out all the social media accounts. Make sure you're checking out the T-Public store link. Sales going on for the holiday season. So I'm just saying, you never know when it's going to pop up there. That's why you should go there, check it out. And if you want to go get some swag, by all means, do it when it's on sale. Also, check out the Patreon link. One tier, $2 a month. They got a lot of bonus stuff this month. Just just putting that out there. On top of everything we do, they got some bonus exclusive stuff as well. So, you know, it might be worth your while to check it out. Maybe as a holiday gift for your favorite ODPH listener. I don't know. I'm just going to put it out there. Also, while you're there, check out the blog section. A lot of reviews coming out, as it always does. So you never know what's going to be getting covered as bonus content on the show free of charge. Also, the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 3FN Podcast, Dragon Master Games, Nerd Initiative. Holy smokes, there's a lot going on over there. Uh huh. So you definitely want to make sure you're dropping all those follows and subscribes there, especially on YouTube. Just saying, dot, 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 wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Also, we have a directory, which has all our podcast providers on. Pad, how many spots are we at? Uh, 120,000. Sounds about right to me. That's why he is the statistician to the stars. Plus the music section, where a lot of the music you hear on the ODPH podcasts, uh, 3FM podcasts, basically the whole 607 podcast family, you can find the bands and musicians that are providing that, such as Brian Wolf and the Howlers, Shout at the Robots, and Tom Jolu, who are both playing a big show on the 25th of November. Hey. Second Suitor, who just dropped a video I saw all over Facebook and Instagram today. Floodlands, who's got new music coming out and a whole lot more. Basically, if there's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And always remember on social media, if you're using hashtags, use the hashtag ODPHpod. Kicking off this edition of the show, well, it's the NFL season. You know that means we are recapping the week that was week 11 in the NFL. So, Pad, talk to me. Yeah, I'm going to talk one of my locks, and that was the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Carolina Panthers, which they did by the final score of 33-10. to Dak Prescott, 25 of 38, 189 yards passing, ho-hum. Uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. <clears throat> Bryce Young, 16 of 29 for 123 yards passing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, One touchdown, one interception. Should note that one interception went to the Cowboys defender Deron Bland, who tied an NFL record uh, with his fourth 
pick six of the year. He's got six picks this season. Four of them are for a return for a touchdown. Uh, he joins Eric Allen in 1993, Ken Houston in 1971, and Jim Kearney in 1972 as the only defenders with four pick sixes in a season. Uh, oh, by the way, he's tied with tight end Jake Ferguson for the second most touchdowns by a Cowboy this season, mm. which is saying something since uh, he plays defense. Yes. Uh, then we got to mention uh, for Carolina, Chubba. Hubbard led them in rush led them in rushing uh, for Carolina with 10 carries 57 yards no touchdowns Tony Pollard uh, led Dallas in rushing with 12 carries 61 yards one touchdown uh, fantasy owners I know you're happy because this was his first rushing touchdown since week one yikes yeah uh, and then for receiving Brandon Cooks led Dallas in receiving <clears throat> with three catches 42 yards no touchdowns and then Adam Thielen led Carolina in receiving I know he's your favorite receiver mm-hmm. uh, eight catches seven 74 yards and no touchdowns. Well, there's really not a lot to say about this game that is nice, mm-hmm. especially if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, especially if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. And now, according to reports, uh, head coach Frank Reich is on the hottest of seats. Oh, well, I think, unfortunately, that is the case because when you have the number one draft pick in Bryce Young, you're expecting somewhat success. Yeah, I was going to say better, not, better than a one and nine record, not playoffs, but maybe 500, especially when you're not getting. So right now they technically have the number one overall pick, but they don't get it because they traded DJ Moore to Chicago and gave up their number one. And uh, they gave up the number one pick. Well, they banked the franchise on young. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to say one rule I've always had is Alabama quarterbacks in the pros usually don't pan out. Yeah. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. they gambled and they lost as of right now because the Bryce Young experiment is just not working. Mm-hmm. Granted, he does not have a lot of talent around him. Right. I mean, Thielen is a good receiver, but let's he's, face he's it. He's a number two or, or at best like a two and a half. Yeah, he's he's not been a number one in quite some time. Mm-hmm. It, it, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. The folks that thought he was better than, uh, what was it, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it just gets shown right here because yeah. unfortunately for Carolina, they just don't have the offensive weapons to they, compete. They don't have anything. I mean, you've got Miles Sanders, who's a decent running back, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's been around the league a while. He's uh, in, in, in drafted in 2019 out of Penn State, 26 years old. So uh, in terms of running back, there is a little tread on the tires there. A little bit. but You know, but then you look at, uh, you know, the other receivers he's got because I've, I've meant Bryce Young was the only other person who got a rushing uh credit there for the game for carolina but then you look at the other receivers uh folks at home tell me if any of these names strike you with fear steven sullivan lavisca chenault jr jonathan mingo tommy treble and then yeah miles sanders and uh chuba hubbard got catches as well right that's what i say there's Mm -hmm. not anybody that here is a breakaway star at this moment. I'm and it, sorry. And it's easy for defenses to game plan. Okay. We know they're not going to get anything decent on the ground in the run game. All we got to do is double cover Thielen and face beat the uh, force the other guys to beat us because you look at the stats. Okay. I mentioned eight catches, 74 yards for Thielen. He was targeted 11 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, St- Steven Sullivan had one catch on one target. LaVisca Chenault Jr. had two catches on two targets. Hubbard had two catches on two targets. Mingo had one catch on six targets. Tommy Tremble had one catch on three targets. Miles Sanders had one catch on one target. So you're noticing a lot of one for one, you know, two for two, what have you. It's it's basically like, okay, double cover Thielen mm-hmm. and force him to be less with the other guys. And he's not throwing to them. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You take Thielen out of the equation and 
Young has nothing. Yeah. And it's sad to say at this stage, but it's the truth. And I'm sorry. When your defense is on the field as long as Carolina's is, oh, yeah. you're not doing any favors to anybody. And that's why they're one and nine. They just don't have the talent to compete. And that, the question was at the beginning of the season, would Bryce Young be able to compete in arguably one of the worst divisions in all of football? I mean, on paper, you would think so just because that NFC South is garbage. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's not looking good in his favor right now. No. There could be a lot that could happen this offseason, so we have to give the benefit of the doubt. But I think, unfortunately, sure. for head coach Frank Wright, it's not looking good. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, door is opening for your uh, your exit, sir. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, Dallas does what Dallas should be doing at this stage. Yep, they're one of the better teams in the league. I'm not going to say elite. Yeah, no, they 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 need to tune up definitely for this uh, latter half of the season here. Yes, I mean they look great. Their defense is clicking, especially without uh, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, you know they're having players step up, and yeah. that's something that if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to be excited about. Yeah, the offense looked good. I mean, I'll be <clears> though. CD Lamb did not have a great stat line, but no. a noteworthy one nevertheless. Yeah, but they need to keep this momentum going if they want to make a run in the playoffs. Because obviously, they're just sitting behind Philly as we speak. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, they need to benchmark themselves with Philly. Right. So if they're not keeping up with them. They're in trouble. Yep. But in this situation, they did what they needed to do. So yeah. good one for Dallas. Yeah. So looking at these schedules for these two teams the next couple of weeks for the Carolina Panthers, this upcoming Sunday, they're on the road playing the Tennessee Titans. Then they're on the road playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on the road playing the New Orleans Saints. And then they're at home taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, for those Dallas Cowboys, of course, they got a game coming up this Thursday on Thanksgiving, as is tradition. They are at home against the Washington Commanders. So bum, 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 bum. Uh, that one's on 4.30 on P- uh, 4.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. After that, they are uh, uh, at home on Thursday again. Uh, this one playing the Seattle Seahawks. That will be on Prime Video. Then week 14, they are at home again playing the Seattle Seahawks. That one, of course, will be on Sunday Night Football. Uh, and then week 15, they are on the road playing the Buffalo Bills. Mm, that's going to be a true test for Buffalo at the stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, their division is very tough, but it's not as tough as the AFC North. Oh, yeah. Which has really turned into arguably the best division in all of football right now. Also the most cursed division in all of football because mm-hmm. of one team. Uh, that would be the, uh, what is it, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, though, because uh, my leap was the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the Cleveland Browns, which did not happen because Cleveland won by a final score of 13-10. to 10. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yes, folks, that's right. DTR, as he's been called, uh, led Cleveland in passing with going 24 or 43 for 165 yards passing. No touchdowns, one interception. Kenny Pickett led Pittsburgh in passing with 15 for 28, 106 yards passing. No touchdowns or interception. Jalen Warren, nine carries, 129 yards rushing, one touchdown. Hmm. Uh, Also going to note this because we're going to bring this up here in a minute. Najee Harris, 12 carries, 35 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, For Cleveland, it was Kareem Hunt with 12 carries, 36 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Jerome Ford did get a touchdown uh, on 31 yards rushing. For receiving uh, Elijah Moore led the way in Cleveland with six catches, 60 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, and then for Pittsburgh, it was George Pickens leading the way with four catches, 38 yards, and no touchdowns. So, obviously, a couple stories here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Browns played, uh, what was it, the Baltimore Ravens last Sunday. Uh, Deshaun Watson got hurt out the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in comes DT- DTR. 
uh, on short weeks' notice. Not a probably not a whole lot of reps with the first team, and manages to squeak out a victory. It wasn't the sexiest of victories. It was a game-winning field goal at the end, if I'm not mistaken. So hey, kudos to him. Uh, then uh, and then now, according to reports, uh, he is still going to be the starter, despite the fact that Cleveland has signed Joe Flacco, yes, Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco, uh, to their practice squad. So definitely something to keep an eye out there. Uh, the other thing, the reason I brought up the Najee Harris thing was uh, he wasn't so thrilled after the game was over. I heard something about this. Uh, I'm pulling up the news article now where it was basically like he, he said he was basically tired of this. Well, the question mark that you have with Pittsburgh is they've had struggles on the offensive side of the ball all year. Mm-hmm. And especially in a game like this where they could have taken this over. Yeah. They didn't. And you're seeing the struggles happen mm-hmm. with Kenny Pickett. I mean, I'm sorry, you're only throwing for barely 100 yards. Yeah. That's a problem, especially at this stage. In, like, if you're a pro, you should be throwing for at least a 150. Right. Barring any injuries or anything. I'm sorry, that's my benchmark. Right. The fact you got sub, like, 150, I mean, granted, 106 is right. okay, but right. when you're talking about a rival in your division, this is a must-win game, mm-hmm. and you let it slip through your fingers, Yeah, that's a problem, especially when you're having Warren go crazy on the ground. Right. Harris did not have a great game by right. any means, but, I mean, he was the leading uh, rushing attempts. Right. However you wanted to find that. So I could understand his frustration a bit because when you have weapons on that side of the ball and you're not doing anything – that's a problem. Right. And this whole division is kind of up for grabs because nobody's really like outpacing the rest of the field, kind of like the AFC West, where like Kansas City's seven and two, Denver's five and five. Like, okay, well, you know, Kansas City's winning that. But like Baltimore's first at eight and three, Cleveland's second at seven and three, Pittsburgh's third at six and four, Cincinnati's five and five. Mm. That's still in the realm of like, okay, you get some help and some ish bounces your way. Pittsburgh or Cle- or Cincinnati could end up with the division win by by season's end. Mm. Uh, and I did pull up the quote. Uh, this is reading from an article on CBSSports.com. Uh, Najee Harris told CBS Sports, quote, it's hard, bro. I want to say what I really want to say. It's difficult. We're going to have it. We're going to have a talk. I guess I should say as a team, that's the best way I can say it. There's just a lot of stuff that just goes around that you guys don't see. I'm just at a point where I'm tired of this shit. Close quote. Well, that is something very unstealers like though. Uh, he then goes on to say, is it fixable? Yeah. Are we going to fix it? Shit. Dot, dot, dot. Close quote. Well, I mean, going back on what we touched upon, when you have weapons on that side of the ball and you are struggling to do what they are doing, mm-hmm. this is a problem. And I think this is something that unfortunately is going to be carrying over until they have this team meeting and get it figured out, whatever they're going to do. And once they go from there, I mean, anything is possible because they can go and really push a pace. Right. But it's all centered around one figure in the organization. That's Matt Canada. Right. (laughs) The offensive coordinator. Uh, We know how Steelers fans feel about them. Oh, exactly. He is the figure that's at the center of all the the drama right now. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, if if Harris is saying they're having a team meeting, 
I guarantee you his name is in discussion. Could be. I mean, I'm looking at his game log numbers for the season, and, and, and it definitely seems off. He's got three touchdowns on rushing touchdowns on the year, uh, no receiving touchdowns on the year. And then for yards, he's got 499 yards rushing uh, on the year. Oh, by the way, folks, we're in week 11. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's 35 yards. 82 yards, 69 yards, 13 yards, 53 yards, 37 yards, 71 yards, 65 yards, 43 yards, and 31 yards. Uh, you know, he's he's 25 years old. If if this was like Frank Gore at the end of his career, sure. those numbers, that's it. Okay, that makes sense. Frank Gore was, you know, 195 years old by the time he retired. Mm-hmm. You know, he couldn't r- crack 100 yards. But, like, the fact that Najee Harris hasn't cracked 100 yards rushing this season, yeah, that's, something, ain't, something ain't right. Exactly. And like I say, unfortunately, Canada is the one that's going to be taking all the responsibility mm-hmm. here. And, and let's face it. Their bread and butter right now in Pittsburgh is the running game because I'm looking at their receiving core. Okay, you got Allen Robinson the second, who's not bad, and Pat Freeman isn't bad as, as a tight end. But like, is any of the other guys really striking fear in you? And and like, a, you really got to watch out for this guy. Pickens has the potential. He's got flashes, but he doesn't get the ball. Like that's right. the problem. Uh, got the ball targeted to him six times this game, only caught four. Yeah. So I mean, unfortunately, until he starts getting more targets at him, right. But it all centers around Pickett. But who's working with Pickett? Canada. Yeah. So something has to get switched up there if the Steelers are going to make a decent run. Right. I just don't know if it's too little too late in that division. I mean, there is one plus side, I guess. Not, you know, happy about anybody getting injured. Sure. But with Joe Burrow being out at Cincinnati now. Yeah. That does help a little bit in their playoff push. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time. It doesn't matter if they go in there and they can't put any points on the board. Right. It's going to be all for nothing. Well, and, and Pittsburgh's got to be careful just because they're sitting in the seventh position in the AFC playoff race with Buffalo right behind them at six and five, Indianapolis at five and five, Denver at five and five, Cincy at five and five, and then Vegas at five and six. Mm. So you, 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 you know, you know, one around and find out, and you could be finding your way out of a playoff spot. Yep. Uh, looking at their schedules for the next couple of weeks, uh, this upcoming Sunday, Pittsburgh is on the road playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Then they're at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, week 14 is a Thursday night game where they're at home against the New England Patriots. And then Sunday, December 17th, week 15, they're on the road playing the Indianapolis Colts. For those Cleveland Browns is upcoming Sunday. They're on the road playing the Denver Broncos. Then they're on the road again, week 13, playing the Los Angeles Rams. Back at home on uh, week 14 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then week 15, they're at home against the Chicago Bears. Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how things match up. But Cleveland is looking really good, all things Mm -hmm. considered. Now going to my locks, and I got to say, on paper, I always try staying away from division games. Yes, you do. I I do it. I was surprised when you took this. But you know what? I'm I'm completely sold on what they're doing in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And I'm going Chicago has looked very, very inconsistent. Not L.A. Charger inconsistent. but Much to the chagrin of Seth Rollins. uh Uh-huh. So I said, you know what? Let's see what Detroit, if they're real, they're going to pull this off. Albeit, though, they had to do some late quarter shenanigans. Uh huh. But they got the W. They showed some grit. 
And there's a lot to talk about with Detroit winning 31-26. to Oh, my Lord. It was an impressive game there. Yeah, uh, 31-26. Jared Goff, 23 of 35, 236 yards passing, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Justin Fields, 16 of 23, 169 yards passing, one touchdown, no interceptions. Fields also led Chicago in rushing with 18 carries, 104 yards rushing, zero touchdowns. David Montgomery led Detroit in rushing with 12 carries, 76 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown led Detroit in receiving with eight catches, 77 yards, one touchdown. DJ Moore led Chicago in receiving with uh, seven catches, 96 yards, just one touchdown. And oh, by the way, this is the uh, Detroit Lions have now improved to eight and two, which is their best start in the NFL since John F. Kennedy was president in 1963. It says a lot right there. It's been a while. It's been a while, but listen, what Dan Campbell and the entire organization is doing right now is reversing a culture that was used to losing. Uh, and giving some hope to a fan base that is very loyal. Oh, absolutely. I think Detroit now has the pieces in place to make a run. Could be. I mean, their defense is the only thing that I worry about a little bit because yeah. they've, they've been hit by the injury bug early. Yeah. So the fact that they're doing what they need to do, beating the lesser teams, and we said before, they have a chance to really run the table if they play their cards right. Mm-hmm. If they keep this up, they're going to be scary no matter who they face. And for Jared Goff, who is quietly putting up points each and every week, right, has a great running game with Montgomery and Gibbs going 1-2, they're definitely going to be a team to watch. And especially mm-hmm. the thing that was very, very troubling, but then again, like I say, when it's a division rival, anything could happen. Right. The Bears came out ready to play. And when they were up in the third quarter, it was like, okay, this is going to be a lock for them. Mm-hmm. Detroit showed a lot of grit. I can't put that out there enough. They did what good teams do. They find ways to win. Right. And on the flip side, Chicago, you know, I, I don't like ripping them, but they just got a lot of issues. Fields ain't that dude. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just he, He's good. You know, and, and he's flashy, and he'll put up the numbers for you, but just he just he just don't got it. You know, DJ Moore was supposed to be you know one of the answers, or you know a little bit of help for him. You know, and and sure he had ninety six yards and a touchdown, which is good, but like it it just you know it just ain't working. No, it's not. I mean, Chicago needs to go back to the drawing board. Hey, Chicago's got a high draft pick this year. They do. I mean, that's the one thing they can rebuild in the draft if they're smart. I mean, I don't know if they want to go number one with a quarterback. That's going to be a whole different ball of wax well, by the time they, we get there. They do have the number one pick by way of Carolina, right? So, I mean, they can definitely make some moves, but they yeah. just they have to be smart with it. Because, I mean, I, I'm want to wait to see who's officially coming out for the draft. Sure, sure. Before I call any shots, but I'm just saying, as of right now, the Bears have a lot of work to do. Yeah, they do. If they play their cards right, they can bounce back. But Detroit, that's this is the story right here. What Hutchinson is leading this defense, Goff is doing with this offense, this is a fun team to watch. Uh, currently, as we record, if the playoffs were to begin today, uh, in the first round of the playoffs, the Detroit Lions, who are currently the number two seed in the NFC, would be playing the number seven seed in Minnesota Vikings. Oh, that would be a fun game. Yeah, it would. That would be really fun. But they have to get there first, but... 
there's a lot of football left to be played for them before we get there, especially as they kick off the Thanksgiving Day lineup. Yeah, so the Detroit Lions will be kicking off the Thanksgiving Day lineup with a game at 12.30 p.m. Eastern uh, on on Fox, taking on the Green Bay Packers. Week 13, they are on the road playing the New Orleans Saints. Week 14, on the road playing the Chicago Bears again. Then week 15, at home against the Denver Broncos. And for the Chicago Bears, uh, this upcoming Monday, they are on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings. That'll be on ESPN by week in week 13. Week 14, they come back and they're at home against the Detroit Lions. And then week 15, they are on the road playing the Cleveland Browns. Good times to be had, especially on Thanksgiving. So we'll have to see how Detroit fares. Chicago, I think, uh, thanks for coming to the party. Yeah, hey, thanks for the uh, food. Mm-hmm. But fear not, we still have one more game to talk about Yeah, we do. in a breakdown. And, man, you want to talk a breakdown. Oof. I don't even know who you give this more to. Minnesota falling apart at the end or Denver finding luck in a bottle? Minnesota falling apart at the end because you have this dead to rights. Yeah, this is this is a bad loss for Minnesota. Let's get into it. Yeah, so the Denver Broncos beat the Minnesota Vikings by the final score of 21-20. to Russell Wilson, 27-35, 259 yards passing. One touchdown, no interceptions. Joshua Dobbs, 20-32 for 221 yards passing. One touchdown, one interception. Alexander Matt. Uh, Mattinson uh, led Minnesota in rushing with 18 carries, 81 yards, no touchdowns. Javante Williams led Denver in rushing, 11 carries, 37 yards, no touchdowns. Cortland Sutton led Denver in receiving with four catches, 66 yards, one touchdown. Uh, TJ Hawkinson led Minnesota in receiving with four catches, 55 yards, and no touchdowns. Well, this one should have been Minnesota dead to rights. Uh huh. Absolutely should have been. Dobbs played okay, albeit though a lot of turnovers early. Yeah, having real problems hanging on to the ball between him and Matson. But this one, Denver got lucky. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going to crown him like everybody's been crowning him on sports media today. Right. They got lucky. And Russell Wilson, I, he's not the Russell Wilson of old. It, it's it's flashes. Flashes at best. Yeah. But he turned it on late in the clutch. Minnesota struggled to stop him pushing the ball down the field late in the fourth. Mm-hmm. And you can't really fault him. I mean, that's a situation that the Minnesota defense needed to play better. Well, and that's the thing, too, is Minnesota defense forgetting the fourth quarter existed, giving up 12 points mm-hmm. uh, to Denver in the fourth quarter, whereas Minnesota's offense could only manage a field goal. Right. So in that kind of situation, you really have to sit there and go, okay, what do we have here? Because now mm-hmm. Minnesota's won – or. The streak is over for Joshua Dobbs. They're still going to be the starter. There's no question about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we have to kind of see how they fit in the playoff equation. Like you touched upon, if everything ended today, they're in the playoffs. They're facing Detroit first round. And the wild card weekend, yep. So if they can keep this up and, and come back from this loss, I think they got a real good chance to make some noise. Sure. I mean, I, I would say I wouldn't if it comes down to them in Detroit – that's going to be a high-scoring game. Ooh, yeah, well, then. I would say it's not a lock for Detroit to get past them. Right. I would I would see though Minnesota struggling against the San Francisco's um of the league too though mm-hmm. or like I say if they somehow wind up facing Seattle right. I think they I think they'd have some problems right but this is a situation that they can bounce back from but on the flip side though with Denver mm-hmm. I understand people are now talking playoffs I mean it's mathematically possible they're, yeah. they're in the 10th seed uh tied with indianapolis at five and f- five and five uh indianapolis wins the tiebreaker over cincinnati who also has a record of five and five and denver based on best win percentage in conference games yeah. and then denver is ahead of cincy because of well that same reason mm-hmm. 
So I mean, it is possible, but I think if this Denver team gets in somehow, they're going to be one and done. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be one and done because at best, even if they make it in as the seven seed, they'd be going up against Baltimore. Yeah, they're not because Baltimore right because so obviously Kansas City's the number one seed in the AFC. They got the first round by, um, and then the number two seed right now is Baltimore, who would fit. In the, right now, the number seven seed is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. So and and obviously, like we mentioned, with Pittsburgh kind of having some issues and and. You know the car hitting some um, check engine lights right now. Yeah, it's it's possible they could slide, but you know Denver would have to leapfrog Indianapolis and Buffalo at the same time, which possible, but you know not entirely likely. Mm-hmm. But then again, like you said, they get in the first round and they face Baltimore on Wild Card Weekend. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not going to end pretty for them. Nope. Uh, looking at the schedules for these two teams the next couple of weeks, uh, this upcoming Monday, the Minnesota Vikings are at home playing the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. There is a possibility Justin Jefferson could come back that week. Uh, he is eligible to come off. He's been on the IR for the requisite number of weeks. They've just elected to not activate him yet. Mm-hmm. But if they choose not to play him this Monday, this upcoming Monday, it'll make sense because week 13 they're on a bye and then he'll absolutely come back week 14 which is on the road playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, they're not going to rush him back. Exactly. So then week 15 they're on the road playing the Cincinnati Bengals. For those Denver Broncos this upcoming Sunday they're at home against the Cleveland Browns on the road playing the Houston Texans um week 13. Week 14, they're on the road playing the Los Angeles Chargers and then week 15 on the road playing the Detroit Lions. Some fun matchups going down the home stretch yeah. of the game, uh, home stretch of the league, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Before we get out of here, we got to recap the rest of the games there were. So, Pad, let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, Thursday night game was where the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Cincinnati Bengals by the final score of thirty-four to twenty, and thus the Baltimore Ravens curse became because they played Sunday the week uh, that same week against the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson went down for the year. In comes Cincinnati Bengal and Joey B. Now, mm. obviously, there's some other circumstances that the NFL is looking into so yeah. some possible impermissible actions on Cincinnati's part uh, because Joe Burrow came into this game and then Joe Burrow left said game with a an injury and Joe Burrow is now done for the year so Baltimore played two teams in like less than seven days and put both of their quarterbacks on IR for the year mm-hmm. the billet crest is back Ray Lewis and those guys the ghost of Ray Lewis is back good lord mm-hmm. but yeah uh, Baltimore won 34 to 20. Yeah, this one, unfortunately, Cincinnati season's done. Yeah, it's it's looking like it. Joe Burrow with a very freak wrist injury as it mm-hmm. as it looked. Obviously, you take him out of the equation, the Bengals come back to earth a little bit. Baltimore took advantage of the situation, did what they needed to do. Yeah. They just have to be very careful because with Lamar Jackson being hurt a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the thing you run into. And obviously their schedule the next couple weeks, you know, I would say this, definitely play to win, but you almost can coast a little bit. Yeah, that's why I say I would be very careful about playing him if he's not at 100% this uh, late in the year. They've got lost the Chargers this week, by week next week. Then they've got the Rams, uh, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Steelers. Mm. So... Have to wait to see about this, but yeah, but I think Cincinnati, unfortunately, thanks for coming. Uh, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Los Angeles Chargers twenty-three to twenty. Chargers did Charger things. Couldn't find a win for the birth of Philip Rivers' tenth kid. Mm-hmm. What kind of gift are you giving? They looked very, very bad in this. I know the game was close, but still, the Packers. All they needed was love. Maybe the Chargers need to replace their offense with the Philip Rivers family. They need to Phillip do something. River, Philip Rivers can field an entire offense now. And I know there's some nonsense with their head coach talking after the game. Yeah. Uh, I know he's been feeling a lot of heat 
after this one. Um, listen, I, I, we've been saying it here for quite some time. They're the most inconsistent team in football. You can't rely on them for anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like yeah. they, they could be facing a high school team, and I th- still think the high school team might give them a run. Well, I forget the name of it. What was the name of that, like, academy team or that, like, was supposed to be a team but was actually a fake team a couple of years ago? Oh, I, I You, yeah, you yeah, remember yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? They could face those guys and they'd lose. No, that's the whole thing. The Chargers, you never know what team is going to show up. This is what yeah. they, they should have ran all over the field, won by an easy 17. Well, in Christ, you had that one – Keenan, that one pass I got thrown to Keenan Allen that hit him right in the damn numbers and he dropped it. Now, I'll grant you the sun was was in his eyes, but Jesus Christ, you still need to make that catch. Sure, you got to come up with that. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Uh, then you had the Miami Dolphins beat the Las Vegas Raiders 20-13. to 13. Uh, Hey, Raiders secondary, did you forget how to cover anybody? Did you, see, did you see that one? I think it was Tyree Kill. Yeah. Caught the ball. Four defenders were around him and he still scored. Yeah, this one was just a mental lapse for the Raiders. Yeah. Defensively, they weren't as tight as they should have been. Albeit, though, this was a game they could have won. Yeah. And I think if they had a better quarterback, because I'm sorry, Aiden O'Connell is not the guy throwing that very bad interception late. Had Mm -hmm. they they kept progressing as they were, they might have had a real good shot at pulling this game off. So I I think it's more a testament to what Antonio Pierce is doing as head coach Yeah, more than the Miami got a win here because – like I say, this is just a very bad pass by a quarterback that mm-hmm. is not the guy, but he's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York Giants beat the law, or the Washington Commanders 31-19. No bum 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 for you. This was a bad loss for the Commanders. Yes, it was. Real bad. You sacked Tommy DeVito nine times uh-huh. for 45 yards worth of loss, and you still lost? You still got, you got blown out here. Jesus. Sorry, no excuse. Absolutely none. No, the commanders. This is this is atrocious. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. But hey, shout out Tommy DeVito for helping the Patriots uh, draft pick uh, on their week off. Yeah, that's the only kind of upside, maybe. But I will I will say I got to give Tommy DeVito credit when he threw that touchdown pass and he did like the Italian celebration. That mm-hmm. that was funny. Yeah, that was. But other than that. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing really nice to say about this one. Oh, then you had the Jacksonville Jaguars defeat the Tennessee Titans thirty-four to fourteen. Well, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley fantasy owners are happy. The stat everybody's really concerned about, though. Christian yeah. Kirk, three catches, 48 yards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one, I'm sorry. Tennessee is not the Tennessee of old. This was nope. a bad game for them. Jacksonville looked good. But then again, this is the Tennessee of old. Or, like, this is not a good Tennessee team. Is Mike Vrabel on the hot seat? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, I think, unfortunately, he is. He, he it's one of those weird situations that he is shown that he could win in a bad division and he's not doing it. Right. So, well, this is with Derrick Henry, who admittedly, you know, came in came in this year. He's not having that great a year, but you've got Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, going for you, and and Mike Vrabel, defense guy. You know, the defense ain't doing shit this year. Mm. You know, and, and now admittedly they they got Will Levis, a quarterback who rookie, so eh. We'll, right. we'll, we'll see. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I th- I think as much as it hates me to talk about a former Patriot this way, yeah, Vrabel's on the hot seat. I think unfortunately it has to be. I mean he's had yeah. he's had enough seasons down there where they should be progressing and now it seems like they're regressing. Yeah. Uh then you had the Houston Texans beat the Arizona Cardinals twenty one to sixteen. CJ Stroud. Woohoo. <laughs> If you got the ball, keep shooting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steph Curry mindset. Love it. Love it. I don't care he got three interceptions. I really don't. He led this team and really made a statement here. 37 passing attempts. Yeah. Houston's the real deal. 
Like as crazy as it sounds. Currently six and four in the AFC South behind only Jacksonville with a record of seven and three. And Houston currently in the sixth seed in the AFC. And if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be facing Jacksonville on wildcard weekend. That'd be a fun game. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I got to say, Houston is impressing me little by little. Arizona, I don't care about Kyler Murray coming back. They're still Arizona. Listen, I'm, I'm banking on Kyler Murray to win a couple games here. Well, that's, the only uh, that's all I'm banking on right now. Get, get Patriots number two pick. I was going to say, that's the only thing you have is between that and fantasy football. But I'm saying other yeah, than that, yeah. they're, they're, for his homecoming, I'm sorry, like if he's really that elite of a quarterback, they should be Houston. Uh, then you had the San Francisco 49ers defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-14, to a near-perfect stat line for Brock Purdy. 21-25, uh, 333 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a rating of 158.3. Textbook uh, 49ers. I mean, that's the easiest way you can say this game. Brandon Ayuk had a touchdown. George Kittle had a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had a receiving touchdown. Good Lord. Yeah, so, I mean, great win for them. They're looking like the team to beat coming into the playoffs. Yeah, no, they're looking looking very good. Uh, Then you had the Los Angeles Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks 17-16 on a game, or excuse me, a missed uh, field goal at the end there. Bad loss for Seattle. Oh. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. But in this situation, you can't afford to lose games like this. Mm-hmm. The Rams are not the Rams of old. No, they're not. Well, and especially with uh, what is it, uh, Cooper Cup going down. Yeah, that's why I say this is a game Seattle should have won. I mean, right. though, you have to kind of wonder with a loss like this. Like, I mean, you should never rely on a kicker to right. get you over. Right, right. It's like we say in uh, boxing or MMA. You know, don't leave it in the judges' hands. In this case, don't leave it up to the kickers. Exactly, because you never know what's going to happen. And then, like yeah. I said, this is just a, a very bad loss that they should have pulled off. Been a little better seeding going into the playoffs. Yeah. But this one, I mean, just really played into the 49ers' hands. Well, and it's going to be interesting for Seattle because uh, Geno Smith, who did get hurt during this game, he he left the game after he got hit by Aaron Donald. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, he did leave. Uh, Pete Carroll did say today, as we record, uh, that he expects Geno to uh, suit up for Thursday's game against the 49ers. They are the third game on uh, Thanksgiving this, this year against the 49ers, but he's currently listed as question. Well, I think that's the thing. They they know the game going into this weekend. I, I'm not saying they overlook the Rams, but... Who's their backup? Hmm, let's see. Yeah, that's going to be the question. Uh, just in case Geno Smith can't go, oh boy, it is young Jeezy fan himself, Drew Locke. Oh, they'll be all right then. <laughs> they'll be okay. Listen, if it's a home game, which I don't know if it is, if it's a home game, just play young Jeezy between every snap. Yeah. Like well, I Drew say. Locke will be singing along. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine, like I say. But that'll be probably the best game of the um, Thursday. Thursday's could, got a stack. It could be. Too. It could be. I, it, the early one's going to be feast or famine. It's either going to be a high-scoring game or it's going to be a defensive slugfest. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Dallas game, Washington Commanders game. That's it's division. It's, so. it's division. Should, the, well, they're all division. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that that should be Dallas, Washington. You know, they're they're showing some glimpses, but it's not anything sexy. But now, out of the three, Seattle and, and 49ers, that should be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the uh, final game we got to talk about before we get to your team is uh, – or no, we did No, talk, no, no we're, we did ready, talk, we're ready to talk some Bills football. We're talk Bills football because we are recording on a Monday. The Monday night game hasn't happened yet, uh, so we can't talk Kelsey Bowl. No, yeah, we're good to not talk about that this week. Yeah. We'll, we'll recap it next week just just for everybody because I know everybody – all our Swifty fans out there yeah, want us to yeah, talk it. yeah. 
which we we have not heard officially if she is going to be at the game or not. Probably not. At last I knew she's like on her overseas tour. Yeah, I didn't so think she was. Something else. Something tells me she ain't going to be able, able to fly in. No, we'll not, see. Not we'll, for, we'll see. All right, we'll have to wait to see for the Super Bowl. But in the meantime, though, we got the one game to talk about. And that is those Buffalo Bills defeating the New York Jets, thirty-two to six. Yeah, Josh Allen. I mean, three touchdowns, one interception, which was a Hail Mary, just throw it up there at the end of the quarter. Ah, okay. So, yeah, just to clarify for everybody, okay. uh, 20 for 32, 275 in the air. Zach Wilson. Oh, my God. Nice for playing. Uh, seven for 15, 81 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Tim Boyle came in for him, seven for 14, 33 yards, one interception. On the ground, James Cook, 17 carries, 73 yards for the Bills. Brees Hall, 10 carries, 23 yards for the Jets. Hey. This is bad because the Bills have no run defense, especially. Right. It's like the Patriots. Just clarifying this for everybody. And then on the receiving end, Khalil Shakir, three catches, 115 yards, one touchdown, but that one touchdown was an 81-yard masterpiece thrown by Josh Allen, and Shakir made about two different moves to get into the end zone. It's a great thing. Mm -hmm. They've been showing the highlights all weekend. Or in the past 24 hours. So just to keep that in perspective when we're right, hearing that. Right. And then on the flip side, Brees Hall, five catches, 50 yards, one touchdown, leading receiver for the Jets. Pad, where do you want me to start, Bills or Jets? Yeah, we'll start with the Jets because there is some uh, breaking news today as we record. Uh, according to a report from Rich Samee of ESPN.com, uh, the Jets are benching Zach Wilson and will start Tim Boyle as their quarterback this upcoming week. Uh, uh against the Miami Dolphins. This one is on Black Friday. Mm -hmm. So you got the Thursday games. You got the first ever Black Friday game. That one will be between the Jets and the Dolphins. But the article does read, quote, the New York Jets performing at a historically poor level on offense, benched quarterback Zach Wilson on Monday, another crushing blow for a player once considered the future of the franchise. This marked the third benching in the past 13 months for Wilson, who might have played his last game for the Jets. The number two pick in the 2021 draft will be replaced by Tim Boyle, who will start Friday against the Miami Dolphins at MetLife Stadium. Trevor Simeon will be signed from the practice squad and will serve as Boyle's backup. On Friday, Coach Robert Salah said, uh, Wilson will be the number three quarterback under the NFL's new emergency quarterback rule. Uh, Salah said he made the quarterback change to, quote, give Boyle an opportunity to play a different style of quarterback. It's really just to give him an opportunity to see if we can do something with him with the offense, close quote. Well, it's it's been spoken about so long. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't done it sooner. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Zach Wilson was never the guy. Nope. And I understand why the Jets took him at that point, but at the same time, there was nothing really wow about him being an NFL quarterback. Right. Well, and then once they got Aaron Rodgers, you know, there wasn't much, they gave up so much to get Aaron Rodgers, there wasn't much left for them to get a decent backup. So they were kind of stuck with Zach Wilson. And then the football gods decided to go, well, let's have fun with this script this year. Yeah. And Rodgers went down. And God, you got to figure the Jets are hoping he comes back sooner than later. Well, because they're starting Tim Poole, Tim Boyle, who, in case you don't know, he is in his fifth year in the NFL, uh, was drafted. It looks like I, I don't even think he was drafted because it doesn't even say what round or what pick he was. So I think he went undrafted out of the NFL, out of the, out of college from Eastern Kentucky. Mm. 
Yeah, like I say, their season is done. If I'm Rodgers, I sit home. Uh, He is on his fourth team in the NFL. He has done three-fourths of the NFC North uh, Marathon. He's played for the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, And now he's played for the Jets. So if he's cut from the Jets this year, hey, go sign with Minnesota, and you've played for the entire uh, NFC North. Probably be a good idea at this stage because, like I say, the Jets, unfortunately, it's done. Yeah. It's done. Rodgers should not even try attempting to come back. This is not worth the trouble going in this year. You know he's going to though, just to prove the doubters. Oh, just wrong. yeah, just to do the doubters. But right. as long as it's not going to do any long term damage, I think he's fine too. But just saying, if you think you're going to the playoffs now, right? I mean, you need a lot of luck uh, to get there. Well, let's see. Let's just have some fun, play around, and look. The where the heck did I? There it is. Uh, the AFC East standings currently have the New York Jets in third place with a record of four and six for the uh, AFC playoffs. Oh yeah, no, they're out of it. They're in fourteenth uh, place with a record of four and six, with the Chargers ahead of them at four and six. Then you've got the Raiders, Bengals, Broncos, and Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, they they're, they don't have a chance. Even even if they go on a run, let me pull up their schedule for the rest of the season. They've got the Dolphins, Falcons, Texans. Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, and Patriots. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, not likely. I was going to say, they'll split with Miami at the worst. Yeah. But then after that, I mean, Houston. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get there, but I just say, like, it's done. So if Rodgers, if he wants to just come back to say he did, sure. But if you're coming back thinking you're going to lead him to the playoffs, sadly you're not. No. Just you got too much ahead of you. Meanwhile, on the flip side of the Bills, well, I know everybody is saying, oh, the Bills are back, blah, blah, blah. Josh Allen's the MVP. Yeah, stop. Just stop. He played a good game. Right. I understand the switch up in the uh, the offensive coordinator position was good, but the, the real tell sign is the defense stepped up and really shut down Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. Once they took him out of the equation, the Jets had nothing. Right. And they played very, very good all around the ball, too. Like I say, uh, Rasul Douglas came over, really made a big impact, and they kept putting pressure on the Jets quarterback the entire game. So this is what I wanted to see out of the Bills for quite some time. Jets quarterbacks sacked six times. Exactly. So if the Bills' defense is stepping up and playing, they're going to be okay. It's just a matter of making sure that those offensive hiccups go away a little bit. But Josh was very smart with the ball. The one thing he kept doing this game, which he hasn't done in five games already, right? checkdowns. He was literally mm. checking down the defense instead of mm. trying to go for the home run. The minute he started doing that, he came out fine. Right. So now what's going to happen is we got a big game going into next week, I believe. Yes, you do. Uh, this upcoming uh, Sunday, you are on the road playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So with that being said, that's the true test. Mm-hmm. Even if they lose somehow. Which, given Philly's offense. Could happen. Uh, hey, Buffalo, how's your tush push defense? Exactly. They are going to have problems, but if they at least look like it's kept under five, Right. In a loss, I still think that's a good loss, if I can even say that. But anything from here on out, the Bills control their own destiny. Right. They have to win outright to get in they'd pretty have, much. They'd have to, and it's not any it's, as we've gone over before, it's not an easy schedule. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not gonna it's not gonna be any any type of easy schedule. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I mean you can just read off who the Bills got. Uh yeah. So as I mentioned, they've got the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming Sunday. Then they've got a bye week in week thirteen. They're on the road in week fourteen against the Kansas City Chiefs. At home, week 15 against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, on the road, week 16 against the Los Angeles Chargers. Then they're at home against the New England Patriots, week 17 and week 18. They are on the road playing the Miami Dolphins. 
Yeah, so come see me after the Dallas game. Mm-hmm. If, if they somehow win the next three, which I – listen, they got the potential too, but it relies on that defense and what McDermott's going to do with them in that, right. in that span. They have a chance. Not a great one. Right. If you want me to put a percentage on it, 45. Right. And so I'd say they'll, they'll at least get one win out of those three. Any opinions on uh, Deion Dawkins' postgame antics? I had no issue of it because they were fighting all game. Okay. That, that's okay. the thing. I'm not defending it. Right. But I know that there was a lot of uh, there, was a, there was a scuffle. There was a scuffle going on, and players are getting heated. And you saw it's a division over, game. Yeah, you saw a pour over on the Jets sideline. Uh, so for those who don't know, there were the Jets and uh, Bills. Some of them. No, I'm not going to say all of them. Some of them did get into a little bit of scuffle after. Of course, division game. You know your rivals. Uh, tempers flare a little high as as it is, especially when the score is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Dawkins was asked about it after the game. He said, "Quote: I'm a humble guy. I'm not a fan man. I'm not a fan of the Jets. Very disrespectful players. It is what it is. And we can run and pass and beat a team like that. Cool. Thumbs up. Close quote. Uh, he did not elaborate on the com- on his comment that the Jets were disrespectful, saying only quote Ask them." Yeah, like I say, they were they were talking a lot during that game. There was some shoving going on. I mean, you right. saw Sauce Gardner suplex Stefan Diggs. So I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of chippiness, if I can yeah, use that word. Yeah, so I'm not. I, yeah. I don't have a I, like. Do I think it's great to say it? No, but do I? I have a problem with it. Not in this situation because I saw the Jets on the sideline. Right, but but right. the problem is they were letting their tempers boil over because their offense right. can't do nothing. Right. Well, and at the same token, though, like without knowing what was said, just kind of like. Dawkins, like, you guys are winning. It's a good win for you, but you had to win. Yeah. Let's face it, you had two horrible losses back-to-back against Cincinnati and the Denver Broncos, Mm -hmm. which you should have beaten the Denver Broncos by two scores. Uh At least, and I'm talking two touchdowns, not a touchdown and a field goal or, like, three field goals or four field goals. Like, no, you should have beat them handedly. And this is a Jets team that is on a three-game losing streak and only got lucky to beat the New York Giants in overtime. Yeah. You know, this team is garbage so like if you're sticking up for your guys cool like i'm all for that like stick up like defend your guys you know knock them into next week if they hit your quarterback super late but like if you're there talking shit because oh you just beat them you know by a couple scores i temper uh temper your temper your actions actions there actions and expectations like i say the long way time and place exactly but you know celebrate the win but Carry that same energy with you to Philly next week. It's like, it's like Cam Newton doing the Superman celebration years ago when they were down by like three scores. Yeah. Not the best look. No, not indeed. A lot of headlines coming out of this week, 11 of the NFL, so definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPagePod. What is your takeaways from this week? How's your team looking going into the playoffs, or are they already looking for draft picks? Let's have that discussion, shall we? We're going to take a quick break first. We'll be right back. Do you like comic books? What about movies and TV shows? Well, we may be the show for you. We're Hops Geek News, a weekly podcast that discusses comics, movies, and TV shows while featuring a beer of the week. Every week we chat about what we messed up on the week before, and then we dive into what we're reading and watching, as well as some news. We then wrap it up with a geek-themed topic of the week. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching Hops Geek News. Cheers. Cheers. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and we have to talk a little pro wrestling. Yeah, we do. Big weekend coming up for World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. As it's the annual Thanksgiving tradition, Survivor Series, World Games. Uh-huh. Taking place where, Pad? Uh, from the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, in the United States on Saturday, November 25th. 
Yes, indeed. And there's a lot of headlines going into this uh, yeah, certain event. Yeah. A lot of rumors and innuendo, if you will. Yeah. Obviously, coming off the heels of AEW's Full Gear, which if you're looking for feedback from that, head on over to Nerd Initiative YouTube. And Rich and myself have got a, lot, a whole video breakdown, a pre-show, post-show, all the coverage you need to know about and the opinions of that event. But now it's time for the WWE to make their statement in response, if you will, because this is the first Wall Games under Endeavor. Uh-huh. And I can't imagine they are going to go through this without making a big splash somewhere. Uh-huh. So we're going to break down the entire card for you as it stands right now as right. we record on Monday because a lot of things can happen oh, yeah. between Monday and Friday. Oh, yeah. So anything else, we'll just kind of speculate as we go through. So, Pat, let's do it. Yeah, so the first match we're going to talk about is one that was announced this past Friday on SmackDown, and that is a singles card matchup, a singles matchup between Carlito and Santos Escobar. This is going to be a fun match. Yes, uh, it is. I'm very excited. Santos Escobar completely is going back to the heel mode. Oh, so good as a heel. I love this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He plays such a great heel. Yes, he does. To see him go up against Carlito, who, I mean, is a great heel himself. Right. It's going to be a fun time to see this all play out because obviously the it looks like the dissolvement of the LWO. Well, it's, it's going to be something because there's been some rumors and speculation going around that possibly down the road we could have like a fight for the brand, I guess you could say, that it's going to be a little bit of a split up of the faction. Who's going to fall on what side, you know, to be determined. But then it could and, and possibly end up being like, a, oh, we get to fight and the winner gets the LWO brand. I mean, if, that, if you will. that would be a fun thing to do. Right. You know, I would not be objecting to this, but I just like it that Santos Escobar is really getting some TV time to run with. Oh, I do too. I mean, going into this, who are you taking? I'm going to say Santos just because I feel like you're really going to, like, because Ray is playing up the injury, whether he's really injured or not. I don't know. Um, but he in story, he's in, in the story, he's injured. Uh, so he's not going to be there, and I really feel like that's where things are going to start to fall apart between the other mem- members of LWO, and, and that's where we'll see something set up. You know, whether it's just a split, they go off their own separate directions, or it does turn into the hey, we're going to fight for who has the rights to LWO. You know, but I, I think it's going to end up being Santos because hey, uh, heels always come out on top usually uh, with a little bit of help. Yeah, so we'll have to wait to see how that goes, but I definitely agree with that. I think it's Santos to lose. Uh, then next up, you've got a singles matchup bet- for the Women's World Championship with Rhea Ripley defending her belt against Zoe Stark. Really like how they set this up. I do too. Zoe earned her way into this title match. Uh, this one, I mean, it's going to be Rio winning all day. Yeah. I don't see them making a move off the belt from her for yeah. right now. Yeah. Not for the immediate future. could be building into WrestleMania, to be honest with you, because, I mean, Rhea's arguably your most over women's champion right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And obviously is just such a big draw. I don't think they would do it for the business standpoint. However, though, I will say this. Zoe Stark in the ring is very, very solid. She's improved a lot. Yeah, she's going to have a really breakout performance. I think she's going to win a lot of fans over. Yeah. I, but like I say, it's going to be Ripley at the end of the her, day. Her, yeah, Zoe Stark's time with Trish, you know, on screen and off really benefited her just because for me, it's kind of in that same like Damian Priest angle where like before I didn't really care for Damian Priest and then he just kind of like figured it out and it started to click. I'm like, oh, you know what? I get this and I like this now. Zoe Stark was kind of the same thing where it's like, okay, she's she's good, but I'm not that big a fan. She's winning me over. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be Rhea Ripley at the end of the day and I think we're going to have a, do you call this a debut? She's already been on TV before, an appearance from Jade Cargill. 
Ooh. And I think she's going to Raw just because, let's face it, on the women's side, SmackDown is a little loaded right now. Mm-hmm. She's getting a little lost in the shuffle right now with everything Damage Control's got going on. But I think what's going to happen is, is Rhea Ripley's going to take you know a little bit of a page out of Roman Reigns' book. I've beaten everybody. There's nobody left. I've you know I've I've beaten everybody. Who's left for me to face? And then whatever her music is, Jade Cargill hits because we've seen her on TV. She's been bouncing back and forth NXT, SmackDown, Raw, you know. But I think that's when we'll see her show up, and she'll be the next one to challenge uh, Rhea Ripley. I mean, that's great, Gus Pad. To be honest with you, I could see it happening. Uh, at least they're going to tease it. She might be backstage or something, yeah, like watching a computer monitor. Like I, after, I could see that because after this, the next uh, main roster pay per view is the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I would say Rumble probably would be the safe money bet. Right. But I would not doubt her coming out maybe at the end to tease it a little bit. Could be. But we'll have to wait to see. Uh, next up is a singles matchup for the WWE Intercontinental Championship where you've got your champion, the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in WWE history, Gunta, taking on The Miz. Yeah, this one surprised me a little bit. I did not see The Miz going in for this title. Uh, well, you got Miz on, Miz on a face turn now. Yeah, which, I mean, let, let's face it. He's a Hall of Famer, whether people want to give him the credit he deserves or not. Two-time Grand Slam champion. Yeah, he he's now in this weird position. You can kind of plug and play him wherever. Yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of in that Dolph Ziggler, uh, Ryan Nemeth, or whatever his name is, yeah. uh, role these days, where, like, you can put him in there. He'll wrestle a great match, and he's a dependable guy. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Nick Nemeth. Oh, it's Nick. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't R- remember what Ryan's, was Ryan's, Ryan's his brother. Okay. Okay. But either way, like I say, the Miz is a plug and play guy. This makes perfect uh, sense. Yeah. Obviously, Gunther gets a big pay per view showing. I don't know if they would tease something down the road, per se, about who's next. I know there there was some internet comment, I believe, came across my wire that he said that his mission is not over till he faces one Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, I believe it. So, and, and listen, if you want to plant that seed. I will say this: I would not mind seeing that at Mania. Yeah, just putting that out there. Yeah, no, that's possible. And obviously, uh, Gunther is certainly making the rounds with the news the, uh, the last couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got the two War Games matchups. Or sorry, we've got the two what matchups? War Games. There we go. Uh, first one we'll mention is the women's one. Uh, so the women's War Games match is uh, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi. And Becky Lynch taking on the team of damage control. So this being Bailey, Oscar, EO Sky, and Kyrie Sane. Yeah, this one Becky made her big debut on Friday night. Uh, probably for a one-time only thing. But listen, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, uh, because this a lot of people were speculating this could be Jade Spot. Right. I think this makes more sense to put Becky in there. Has a little more storyline per se. I think at the end of the day, though, I mean, how they've been setting this up for damage control. I know they teased it lightly, but I think we get the full blown turn on Bailey. Yeah, because they're starting to play that up on, especially on SmackDown last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, so I could see them doing something in that vein. Yeah, where Bailey gets turned on, would Charlotte and Becky come out to help her? Obviously, with the four Ooh. horsewomen. And I'm not saying this could happen, but a long shot and say something. Maybe at WrestleMania, it's damage control with hopefully if um, Dakota Kai is back. Right. Against the original four horsewomen. That'd be awesome. I mean, they talked Mercedes Monet to come back one night. It's I mean that could be a main event night one. Crazy speculation. I'll just throw that rumor out there because that's just me spitballing. Right, right. But I mean, I, there has to be a ton of moving parts that go on. But listen, never say never with Endeavor. Yeah, this is true. This is very true. Um, I think it's going to end up being. Oh, I think it's going to end up being the faces just because something I, there's just something going on with the way they're playing, you know, Bailey's 
portion in this where like because they had the whole oh we got to introduce oscar or officially bring oscar into the group and they're like oh there's a like and, and the way they started it where it was like oh somebody's not in somebody up oh, here's not in the group and bailey's like wait what do you mean are you talking about me like she's been playing the character her character very nervous mm-hmm. and i and i think you know it's the you know you're constantly looking over your shoulder for something that's not really there and eventually you're gonna trip over your own two feet and fall and hurt yourself i think that's gonna happen Some, something's gonna happen that's gonna end up causing damage control uh this victory although eo sky gonna have the moment of the match calling it now oh absolutely uh, then we've got to talk about the men's wall games match. Uh, so this one, as it currently stands, uh, is Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Jay Uso, and Sami Zayn taking on the team of Judgment Day, which, as we currently know, is Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McDonough. Although you got to figure, it's not here listed on the card, you got to figure uh, certain someone after his actions on Monday Night Raw last week is going to get added to this. I'm sure we'll find out tonight as we record. Yeah, this is definitely reeking of Drew McIntyre. Oh, it? yeah. You don't have Drew McIntyre come out, interfere in the main event, and then do the old like fist bump with uh, Rhea Ripley at the end. And then you're like, all right, hey, we're good. See you later. Yeah, the only way this would happen otherwise is McDonough gets taken out yeah. backstage or something in yeah. reason, for reasons, Yeah, and you plug and play Drew McIntyre in there. Yeah. But I could see this going to five on both sides. McIntyre joins, and then... There's a lot of speculation and innuendo. Yeah, there is. Of who could possibly be the fifth name added to Team Cody Rhodes. Uh Uh-huh. What's your prediction there? My prediction is it's going to be the return of the Viper, Randy Orton. Because let's face it, Cody and Randy got a little bit of history. They go back back a number of years. You know, there's been talk and rumors and speculation that Randy's ready to come back now, that he's he's good to go. And Mm -hmm. Uh, that would, uh, that would make all the sense to me that, you know, he calls on, you know, an old hand, somebody he trusts and knows. Cause you know, he's got some history with Rollins over the years and he's got in Jay Uso recently and he knows he's known Sammy for a long time. Go, go to somebody else you've known for a long time and somebody you can trust. Mm-hmm. Although the fucking balls he wanted me to call get Lesnar. <laughs> fucking getting Lesnar would be amazing. It won't happen, but getting Lesnar would be amazing. Well, I would say never say never about it. It could happen. I mean, that's the one great thing about doing the speculation. Right. You could go a lot of different directions with this if you want. You I could. Mean, I mean, Lesnar would be a surprise. Yeah. L.A. Knight would be a surprise because he's yeah. not on the card. This is true. So you can plug and play a few people in here. I think the smart move is Randy Orton to set something up for later. Yeah. But the question would become, all right, if you set him up, he turns on Team Cody, Judgment Day wins, how would you end the pay-per-view on that note? And then I would have a crazy theory to go on. We know we're in Chicago. Uh-huh. Well, the suburbs. Well, right, but close enough. Close enough. We could see that one CM Punk oh boy. just walks out on the stage at the end during the celebration. Uh-huh. And just steals the moment and just mouths to the camera, he's back. Yeah. And just walks away. Uh-huh. Throwing everybody off. Christ the, almighty. But that Chicago crowd would eat it up. I mean, obviously, the polarizing star formerly employed with AEW making his return to WWE, that's all they would need to do. Like, he walks out in street clothes, just comes on the stage, waves. Yeah. That's all he needs to do, and that yeah. whole crowd will explode. Yeah, he didn't even have to come all the way out. He can just stick his stick his head out from uh, back in Gorilla and be like, just wave, and that's it. No, nah, he wouldn't. He want he knowing him, he would want to come out right on that center stage. Yeah, make the internet melt. 
Because if you go on wrestling Twitter or wrestling social media, uh-huh. oh, that will be a place to go with your popcorn on Saturday night. This is going to be one of those Triple H pay-per-views that if you're familiar with Triple H when he ran NXT, after a while, it became very evident with Triple H, even when they threw up the little graphic for the copyright at the end of the pay-per-view, don't believe it's over. Don't believe it's over until it fades to black or they go into like the video recap highlight package at the mm. end. Because this is one that I'm not saying he's coming back. I'm not saying he is or isn't. But this is one that you're going to want to wait till they start rolling the highlights at the end before you believe it's all said and done. I'm going to say this. I think that they are definitely going to want to make a big splash because I think that they want to make a very loud statement that they're still the number one promotion. Uh-huh. And I think that obviously there's a little pettiness involved in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think after uh, a, a certain signing this week, Endeavor petty, right? Never. I could see them just doing that just to tease everybody. He's like I say, he's not going to come out and wrestle. He's not going to come out and doesn't have to. Nope. He'll just come out. And if they even want to run, if he even wants to say something, you might hear raw commercial free Monday night. First 30 minutes commercial yep. free. That's when, you know, yeah, Everybody will be watching. Because a certain someone ain't really around no more that he can really lay into. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he'll get a list of what he can and can't say, and they'll give him an open mic and let him run. Uh-huh. I'm more swayed to that now, just after kind of hearing the reaction from this past weekend. Okay. I, I wasn't before, but if I got to do my percentage about okay. CM Punk back, I'm going to say it's 75% right now. Okay. I think that there is a lot of moving parts that are going to be happening between now and then. Right. And if anything uh, foolish gets said to provoke Endeavor <laughs> within, the, within, within the next four days. Someone take Tony Khan's phone away. Yep. I'm just saying I am not doubting that they just say, let's come to terms. You're in Chicago. Just walk out. Although at this point, the bear has been poked. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying to a level of you really got under somebody's skin. Uh-huh. Like more so than usual. Yeah. That's where I'm saying we're going to go with Survivor Series. But there's going to be a lot more hype to go into that. Obviously, we have two more wrestling programs yep. leading into the event. Yep. Got uh, Raw on tonight. You got SmackDown on Friday. Yep. I'll probably add a couple more matches. Although not, although not necessarily just because the War Games matches go on a while. Right. That's why I say they probably wouldn't. If if anything, you would get something like LA Knight versus Grayson Waller. Right. You'd get like a quick filler match. Just to sure. just to give the crowd time to catch back up. Sure. That's it. Other than that, I think they got the perfect amount on this show. I think it's a very solid card, top to bottom. Right. I mean, you have two title defenses going on as well, plus a great grudge match. Right. And then you have War Games. I mean, what else do you need? Uh, so I looked it up uh, from last year's Survivor Series matchup. The women's War Games match, went, which was five on five, went 39 minutes and 40 seconds. And the men's War Games match, which was also five on five, went 38 minutes and 30 seconds. Because the thing to remember with this is the match doesn't officially start until all members of both teams are in the rings. Correct. So like I say, they could throw in that match. Like I said, I wouldn't doubt seeing an L.A. Knight appearance. Yeah, yeah. Just to throw everybody off. Like I say, he could be named the fifth member tonight. And throw everybody off, and then Randy Orton comes out, gives Cody the RKO on, and somehow gets in the cage on Saturday. Yeah, gives him that, costs the match. Everybody, you know, is freaking out, and there, there you go. So, like I say, we got a lot to speculate about between now and then, going into Saturday. So make sure to hit us up on that hashtag hashtag #OdPagePod. What is your predictions for this week's Survivor Series, the WWE Thanksgiving tradition of War Games? Are you excited about it? What matches are really catching your eye? And if you even want more in-depth coverage 
Make sure to subscribe to Nerd Initiative YouTube for a special edition of Wrestling Night Live Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right after SmackDown. It'll be the official pre-show for WWE Survivor Series War Games. So you definitely don't want to miss that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Tom from Tom Joe Lou. This is Matt from Sideroom Sounds. And you're listening to ODPH Podcast. Wanna go where no one knows my name To the desert, the oceans, or the plains Coming back for the final segment of this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got? Got a couple things to talk about, first of which obviously being the local minute and looking at the Federal Prospects Hockey League. That is, of course, the league our local Binghamton Black Bears plan and the standing specifically. Another week, still in first place. Mm-hmm. Although the uh, gap is narrowing a little bit there, though. Uh, so in the Empire Division, Binghamton still in first place with a record of seven wins, one loss, and then three losses in either overtime or shootout. Uh, they've got 24 points. They are ahead of Motor City, who is right behind them with 19 points. Danbury in third with 17 points. Watertown in fourth with nine points. And then Elmira in last place with a seven points there. Uh, f- so for their last week of games, uh, the Binghamton Black Bears had a home game on Friday against the Elmira River Sharks, where they won by the final score of 8-3. to three. Uh, came back on Saturday on the road playing Watertown, where they lost by the final score of 5-1. to one. Got a couple of games this week, uh, first of which is on Wednesday, uh, uh, 6 p.m. That's November 22nd. That is at home against the Danbury Hattricks. They're on the road Friday, November 24th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern, playing the Danbury Hattricks again. Then they come back home on Saturday, November 25th, 7 o'clock Eastern, playing the Danbury Hattricks. Uh, so for more tickets, information, all that good stuff, go to BinghamtonBlackBears.com. Come. And we got to talk a little bit of baseball. Uh, the last two awards were handed out for the Major League Baseball season, uh, and there are as follows for the Cy Young Award. In the National League, it was Blake Snell of the San Diego Padres. Uh, had a great year this year. He had a 12 scoreless starts, which was tied for the most by a qualified starting pitcher since 1969. Wow. Uh, he had 234 strikeouts, and he had a strikeout rate of uh, 31.5%, which was second best in the majors. Mm-hmm. So all the batters he faced over about a third of them struck out. That's insane. That's wild. And then put your pitchforks and torches down, folks. Wait, shit. It's just me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the American League Cy Young Award did go to Garrett Cole. First Yankees Cy Young Award since when, Ken? Hmm. Andy Pettit? Nope. Andy Pettit never got one with the Yankees, if he got one at all. Uh, 2000, 2001 with Roger Clemens. Uh, I was going to say, have you something around that era? Roger Clemens. So Yankees' first Cy Young since 2001. Uh, he led the American League in ERA with an ERA of 2.63. Innings in 209 innings pitched. And opponent's batting average, which was 206. He allowed four earned runs over his five, final five starts, which was 35 innings, and capped his year with a two-hit shutout. Very deservedly so for uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, And then for MVP, of course, Shohei Otani won it in the American League by unanimous vote. And also by unanimous vote in the National League, it went to Ronald Acuna Jr. So very deserving for the two of them, uh, especially Acuna. Dude was on another level this year. Yeah, absolutely. He was. And I'm glad that Pat is not in jail because he was seriously ready to go completely crazy Uh if 
One mm-hmm. year, Cole did not get the the Cy Young this year. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Baseball Hall of Fame because the ballot for this year's Hall of Fame was revealed. And I'm not going to go through every name, uh, but just going to go through the new candidates that are up this year for the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Jose Batista, Adrian Beltre, Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holliday, Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer, Brandon Phillips, Jose Reyes, James Shields, Chase Utley, and David Wright. Uh, so of those new folks, uh, Adrian Beltre is a lock to get. Yeah, that, he, he's for, locked. First ballot. Uh, he's got over 400, almost 500 home runs, over 3,000 hits. He, uh, dude's one of the best third basemen of this generation. He's a lock. Mm. Joe Maurer might. It, it's a it's a 50-50 shot. If not this year, next year. Yeah, he'll, he'll get in, you know bunch of gold gloves, bunch of silver sluggers, won the MVP in 2009, was very consistent catcher for the Minnesota Twins for all those years. He'll get in at some point, just maybe not this year. The rest of them, it's going to be close. You know, Victor Martinez, I could see maybe getting in, you know, on like a real thin year, you know, and by the slim of his teeth. Same with Cologne. Cologne, yeah, Cologne might just because people love them some Bartolo. Mm -hmm. Chase Utley might, David Wright, could I, you can make an argument for David Wright? You can make an argument. I know we're going to hear a lot of heat from Mets fans about this. Yeah, like, you, listen, he's a great Met, right? But a lot of injuries overall. Yeah, the injuries hampered him. Uh, and then for the returning candidates, uh, so there's a few notable names there. You got Todd Helton in his sixth year, Andrew Jones in his seventh year, Gary Sheffield in his tenth and final year, uh, Manny Ramirez is in his eighth, Omar Vizquel who played till he was like 45. No joke. Look that up. Uh, he's in his seventh year. Andy Pettit's in his sixth. Uh, Jimmy Rollins is in his third. Mark Burley's in his fourth. Torrey Hunter's in his fourth. Uh, but of the returning candidates, Todd Helton should get in this year. He's been close the last couple of years. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably will. Billy Wagner, I could see. It, it, it's not going to be like an 85, 90% get in, but like you need 75% to get in. I could see it being like 77.3. Yeah, it, it's going to be close. It's going to be sl- It's going to be skin of his teeth. Andy Pettit should be in. I realize there's the whole steroid thing, and yeah, he admitted to taking steroids and the whole thing, but the dude's got the most wins in postseason history. Yeah. I, dude I, should be in. It, it, it's the argument, though. No, I know. That's yeah, the problem. No, I know. Uh, but then, Billy, like I said, Billy Wagner, I could see. Sheffield, no. Beltron, no. You know, Alex Rodriguez is there. Uh, listen, if Bonds and, and McGuire never made it in and, and Roger Clemens never made it in, a-Rod ain't making it in. Right. You know, which is wild considering, you know, how high he is on the all-time home run leader list, but is what it is. Reasons. Yeah, reasons. And, and then, you know, the rest, Bobby Bray, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Burley, no. Yeah. Francisco Rodriguez, no. Nah. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it should be interesting. Uh, then we got a little bit of free agency news because free agency has officially kicked off. Listen, if you're a fan of the team, I'm not going to go through the whole you know, they accepted the the offer. They declined the offer. They are free agents. They're not free agents. You can look that up for your own team. We'll be here till Christmas if I do that. Uh, but just a couple of notable names that were signed. Uh, you had Aaron Nola, one of the big free agent pitchers everyone was wanting to keep an eye on, is staying with the Philadelphia Phillies. He signed a seven-year, 170 yeah, $172 million contract. Makes sense years-wise. Uh, he is currently 30 years old. He'll be 31 in June. Decent numbers last year. Uh, went twelve and nine with a four four six ERA. Struck out two hundred batters. So solid guy in their lineup there. So not that bad for them. Uh, and then for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, they signed Lance Lynn to a one year ten million dollar deal. 
you know, not bad. It's, it's a guy for like the back end of their rotation. You know, he's 36 years old, so you're not going to get, you know, a ton of mileage out of him. You're not going to get Cy Young numbers out of the guy. 13 and 11 last year, 573 ERA. He's, he's just a guy at the back of the uh, rotation. So eh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, golden egg, the golden goose, if you will, is be going to is going to be officially a free agent this Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, that would be Japanese pitcher Yashinobu Yamamoto uh, at 8 a.m. on Tuesday. Uh, so that would be uh, November 21st. Teams can then work on to sign him through 5 p.m. Eastern on January 4th. Gonna tell you right now, it won't take till January fourth. No, <laughs> there is, he'll get locked up quick. He'll get locked up. I would say probably not this week, just because it's it's Thanksgiving. Teams are gonna be busy. You know, the team executives are gonna be busy with family stuff and all the travel and all that. So, I would say probably before Christmas. I could see that. I'm, I'm gonna say this in between because you got to figure people are gonna be traveling here in the states. Thanksgiving is this coming Thursday, so people are gonna be traveling on the twenty first. You know, they'll return home Sunday. So I would say anytime from Monday, November 27th through, we'll say Saturday, December 23rd, because hmm. Christmas is on a Monday this year. So you got to figure people will be traveling Friday the 22nd. Uh, so we'll say anytime, like in like, say the next month or so, he'll, he'll go, uh, which, Hey, whoever gets him, you're going to get a hell of a pitcher, uh, 16 and six with a one, two, one ERA in 2023 over in Japan, struck out 169 batters and only walked 28 and 164 innings pitched. Uh, and he has had a record of 70 and 29 with a 1.82 ERA in seven seasons with uh, the team he was there over with in Japan. Dude is gonna be nasty. He's gonna be absolutely filthy. Come to New York. Yeah, I was gonna say he'd look great in pinstripes. Give him saying. a give him a blank check, whatever you want. Yeah. Well, you know what? The powers of B are talking, so put up the money there, uh-huh. gentlemen. Just yep. putting that out there. Yep. So very quickly in the NBA, well, not a lot of movement happening so much, but those New York Knicks are putting together some wins. Finally, eight and five. Hey, putting together a nice little win streak of three games. Boston is still on top of the Eastern Conference with Philly right behind them. Milwaukee, Miami, and Orlando t- round out the top six. Go New York, go New York, go. Say it, Pad. Uh, seven through ten is looking at Indiana, Cleveland, the Hawks, and Brooklyn. On the flip side, in the West, Minnesota, number one mm, ranking this week, uh, nice. nine, nine and three. Oklahoma City is right behind him at ten and four. Denver is at the three spot. Sacramento is four. Dallas five. The Lakers at six. Lakers. LeBron had a great game a couple nights ago. There, yeah, too. he did. Definitely put that out there. Houston is at seven. Phoenix surprisingly at eight, seven and six. Hmm. New Orleans is at nine, and at the ten spot is Golden State, and at four and seven those LA Clippers. Uh-huh. So just something to keep an eye on for. Finally picked up a win with James Harden. Yeah, which <laughs> I, was, I have to say, Ru- Russell Westbrook's poster of Dylan Brooks. Oh is, my god, is epic. Oh, that is some very very filthy stuff right there. Yeah, it is. On the flip side to the ice, well, the only thing you need to know about is those New York Rangers are on a four-game win streak. They beat the Devils on Saturday night. Panarin and Vesey, two goals each. Ooh, beating the Devils 5-3, to three, that is always a beautiful sight. When Panarin's got see. like a goal in every game he's played this year. Which is what he needs. He's got to earn that paycheck, but I just don't want to see him burn out. Yeah, don't, don't, don't use them all up too quickly. Exactly. Like, I want him to have the same energy when we get to the playoffs. I yeah. don't want to see him disappear. Just putting that out there. Yeah. So as it's scheduled, to, they are going to be playing the Dallas Stars tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So depending on when you get this podcast. 
And like I say, Rangers are number one in the Metropolitan Division, 12-2. and two. Dallas, sorry, that's a big test. That's all we need. Yep. Big test. Uh, Dallas currently 11-4-1. Yeah, that'll be a big test. But you know what? It's Blue Shirt Nation all day, every day here at the ODPH. Learn to love it, folks. It's not going away. And lastly, some big MMA news. Yeah. Not involving the UFC, but one that uh, definitely is going to be making some headlines that they're going to be keeping track of. Uh-huh. According to the fine folks at ESPN.com, quote, the PL, PFL announced the long-rumored acquisition of Bellator MMA on Monday with PFL chairman Don Davis writing on the social media platform X that the purchase creates a, quote, unquote, new MMA global powerhouse. Oh, boy. So this is a big deal. If you're not familiar, you now have some very interesting matchups with some of the best fighters outside the UFC. The PFL and Bellator merging together. I know they're planning a big event next year to kick everything off. Yep. It's going to be one that, like I say, if you're a very diehard MMA fan, you can see some really crazy matchups. Uh-huh. And like I say, Francis Ngannou is somebody that you're going to see a high-profile match for him. Obviously, uh, Kayla Harrison, you're going to see one. Yeah. Cyborg is lurking around. Yeah. So Aaron Pico, I know that that is the one that has been a name that everybody's been keeping an eye on in, in the lower weight division. They have some great matchups they can do. So how this is all going to play out, I'm not sure. But, Pat, what's your initial response to all this? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I'm reading from an article Brett Okamoto uh, wrote on uh, ESPN.com as well. Uh, he said, uh, terms of the deal are not disclosed, but Paramount, the former parent company of Bellator, will remain involved as a minority owner. You know, so, hey, I think it's good for both companies. You know, obviously the UFC is kind of the, you know, it's it's the big it's the big uh, elephant in the room. It's the lion leading the herd. It's the dog leading the pack. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other ones are like Bellator's been there and Bellator's had a fan base and Bellator's done very well for themselves over the year. They haven't folded, you know, but they've just never been able to match up to what UFC is. And same for PFL. Do Am I now, am I saying with this matchup, they're going to, oh, they're going to eclipse UFC? No. Will it work out for the company and both companies and in the, their interests? Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you get these two coming together, it's a big bucket of win. You get some interesting matchups you can do. I think in terms of a TV deal, you know, it could be very interesting that Paramount is still involved uh, just because Paramount and CBS are obviously tied so very close together. Mm. You know, so you could very well see, you know, uh, CBS Sports on, like I say, a Friday night or something like that, you know, running a running – a, uh, a Bellator card or maybe like a Sunday night or so. Obviously, Saturday they're tied up with uh, during the a good part of the year with uh, some college football, mm-hmm. you know. But you could you could see one on an off season for college football not running. You could see a Bellator free card on CBS, you know, seven eight o'clock or something on a Saturday. I know that would mess with some folks in their forty eight hours viewing, but hey, you know, you got to make some scheduling changes. It's a big bucket of win for them, though. Oh, absolutely, big bucket of win. Like I say, we have to wait to see what they're going to wind up doing. Right. I know the early rumor is going to be champions versus champions, which oh. that could be an interesting dynamic too. Jesus. But like I say, I don't want to. Like I know that that's what has been kind of the rumor going around, and I know it's been said in a few articles as well. I'm not believing until I see the fight card actually drawn up. Right. Just because. But listen, this is a big win for MMA fans, and plus for UFC fans too as well. This is going to only make the UFC want to make a bigger card and better spe- spectacle. So this is nothing but win for everybody. So super excited to see this all unfold when it gets rolling out next year. So yeah. definitely something to keep an eye out for in 2024. That being said, for anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. That's it for this week. So for the one and only Pat J. Fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. 